0: Lit House is a podcast from the House of Literature in Oslo, presenting adapted versions of lectures and conversations featuring international writers and thinkers. In this episode, you can hear a conversation between the Turkish writer and Nobel laureate Oran Pamuk and professor of cultural history at the University of Oslo, Helge Woodheim. from when the red-haired woman came out in Norwegian. The conversation took place on May 24th, 2017.
1: It's good to have you here on this stage. Um, I think I should start by saying that you've you've been in Oslo for a couple of days, right? And you have been talking, you're giving another talk or another reading discussion, uh, where you discussed the power of objects, we could say, the power of things. And I I think for this occasion, we move on, we move to discuss the power of stories, of tales, of myths, of fables, of... Well, basically the power of literature. So that will be sort of our, the topic we're going to discuss today. Uh, and our occasion is then this, this book, The Red-Haired Woman, that I all uh, recommend you to, to buy and read, of course. And I guess my, my, my first question is, I mean, over so many years you've, you've perfectioned the art of writing big, meandering, complex, detailed novels uh, about cities and about modern life. In the modern or postmodernist sense, uh, whatever you want. So why have you now written a novel that is sort of has the simplicity and the symmetry of a sort of a philosophical fable? It's it's so different, and it's it has something very different from things you've written before. That has to do with stories and fables, I think.
0: Okay, I don't know about the simplicity. I'll come back to that later. <laughs> uh, but uh, I am imposed on myself. Uh, a sort of impose on myself to write a short novel. (laughs) Um, uh, uh, I'm not, uh, I always want to write short stories. Uh, Somehow I cannot write them or somehow I cannot start them, maybe. Uh, But I wanted to write a short novel. Also, um, I am also intimidated by the idea that I am writing long novels. Maybe I should tell this anecdote to you, that many years, maybe 20 years ago, I, uh, uh, when I was a younger author, of course, but uh, my early novels are more focused on this uh, m- upper middle class neighborhood of Nishantash, mm-hmm. secular westernized uh, bourgeoisie lived there, and in Black Book, in my first novel, Jevdet Bay and His Sons, and later in Museum of Innocence, and also in other novels. Uh, in these th- in the first three, I I'll uh, mention, not mention, that's the background. In other novels, I also mention. Even this character in Snow, which is a political novel Mm. in Far East, the character is from Nishantash. I focused on that neighborhood because this is where I started life, as all authors do. You start with the first point, and it's bigger circle, bigger circle. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I was walking in the streets one day, 20 years ago, as I said, uh, more like an old-like elderly lady stopped me, oh, hello, Mr. Pomuk, I know you, you don't know me, I'm just a reader, I like your books, blah, blah, blah. Then she said, Then I said, thank you, thank you, I was really <laughs> happy. Then she said, what do you do now? I'm writing another novel. <laughs> and she said, okay, make it long. Maybe I'm a victim of that lady, but of course, uh, uh, but of course I'm simplifying things. James Joyce started Ulysses as a short story <laughs> and end up with that some some writers have encyclopedic imagination enlarge everything but this time I said I don't want to write long novel okay so impose on yourself make it an ethical duty so I did it in the end I don't know whether I did it, sim- it simplifying my language, but I definitely wanted to write a short novel. By my standards, it's a short novel. It's less than 200 pages in Turkish. It gets a bit longer in translation, and here the uh, uh, typo is a bit bigger. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, I agree. It's, it's, a, it's a short novel, a
1: short, short, shortish novel, um, uh, but it... it it, it treats other, it's, it's sort of a, a tale that treats other tales, that talks about other tales, other stories, other myths. And it raises a big question, a big, big question. Is it, how, what, what role can stories, tales, myths, fables play in, in this modern globalized world, right? Okay. Uh, especially those two myths that, that was mentioned earlier. So that's sort of the, the gambit of the book. What, 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 what are our
0: stories to us? Okay, maybe I should tell this. Maybe the, uh, those of us who haven't read the book will think it's a, a comparative literature essay. <laughs> uh, it is not. It is both, two things, trying to be uh, intermingled in one book, in one novel. A, we will come back to that, uh, <laughs> a, 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 a story of... Digging a well, a realistic story of a digging, digging a well in a barren land. And the ma- uh, there is the master and there is the disciple or the assistant, whatever you call it. Um, or a sort of a, a master and slave Hegelian relationship. Apprentice is the word. Is the the word. We, we, often we it. put it by the side. William Masters. We will talk know. about. We will talk about William yeah, yeah. Masters' apprentice to, later. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, and the other side. This is if the novel has two sides. The other side. Now we're gonna. You're opening uh, a conversation about that is based on an idea I carried in my head for many many years. In fact, this happens many times in my life that two projects, essays, two. Um, two books intermingle together mm-hmm. I, um, uh, I'll, I'll come back to the Lirelli side uh, but this has interested me very much you know we all know about um, 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 Sophocles Oedipus Rex I am by the side a chair professor at Columbia University and when a new student enrolls we um, give them one year of canon you know Western, mostly western canon and Oedipus Rex Sophocles version of it is important um, uh, there are many uh, uh, Oedipus stories but Sophocles version was a, a staged in 1880s in Paris successful, moved to Vienna uh, Dr. Sigmund Freud saw it. Wow, it's mm-hmm. just perfect for me, he said. <laughs> uh, why? Because he's interested in parricide, Killing the Father. He also wrote an essay about *Karamazov Brothers, another popular mm-hmm. book of the time, which is about the same subject, or partly about the same subject. So he wrote an article, and with his fame, Sof- uh, Sophocles, rank Rex went up 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 that's why probably we or other professor mm. i'm not I'm not teaching it uh, teach that Columbia, considered to be one of the uh, essential canons of Western civilization now if you read Fidev Shahnameh, eleventh century uh, Persian authors book of kings which is a sort of a compa- compilation of um, nightly stories about kings but essentially a Persian uh, um, um, story, a compilation of stories and the biggest Persian classics maybe uh, to confirm it I should say it's a penguin classic <laughs> uh, 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 in which there is a story uh, um, Rus, uh, Rustam and Suhrab Rustam is the major King character in Shahnameh, and of course like these characters in many many medieval compendiums of stories, he lives many many centuries. But in one of the short brief episodes, he tra- goes to another country, actually towards Turkey, and has an affair with insistent girl and leaves her pregnant and leaves a child. And then many years later. Or after that, he is always worried, meeting his son. Has an anxiety, like Freudian anxiety, like maybe I'll do something wrong to him, whether I should know my son. Has an anxiety of meeting or even doing something wrong. And as of course, just like in Oedipus Rex, he, by, without knowing it, kills his son. In Oedipus Rex, in Oedipus, without knowing, kills his father. So I thought, wow, uh, (laughs) being a professor at Columbia, but even before that, oh, why don't I compare these? These are perfect for me. Why don't I compare them one day? But then the realistic story uh, combined with it. I can go towards the comparison. I can go with the real story. What's your uh, next question? So, so my, <laughs> uh,
1: so I think I think it's a good idea now. So we have those two myths. We have this wonderful symmetry of a of a Western myth of uh, <coughs> Philicide, no, of side, Sorry, and an Eastern myth of Philicide. So there's on the one on the Western side, there's a son killing his father. On the Eastern side, there's a father killing his son. So now we want to know. Uh, what does this have to do with,
0: okay, with the, then I'll the go story? Back to, what kind of a story? Okay, then I'll are you story, why I will go back to the story. Why I saw some things in comparing, right. and I'm happy I did this. If I wrote a flat uh, um, essay, professor kind of academic essay, it wouldn't be interesting. But this realistic story helped. Right. In ni- okay, so I'll come with the 1990s. Uh, uh, in 1990s, or no, 1988 or 89, I forgot when I was finishing having um, passionately writing black book, sometimes I consider it the book that I find my voice. Uh, um, we were in, with my wife, in um, Büyük, uh, no, hey Belada, uh, one of the islands of, uh, in Istanbul, and she used to go to work every day, or no, she was doing research, but anyway, um, and I would sit at home, and then one day I saw in the land, empty land next to us, they begin to dig a well. Uh, and just like in the book they came and uh, built their tent uh, in the first night they couldn't build it just like in the book um, they were awkward about it, giggling about it <laughs> um, uh, different than the book, the master a bit younger uh, uh, um, the teenage apprentice uh, um, a bit older So they, uh, uh, and they uh, had a, just like in the book, had a TV set, one of the earliest in Turkey. Mm. Then around five o'clock, just like in the book, they would put a pot and do a little bit of cooking, some vegetables, some, and continue working. Uh, at seven, when the sun was going down, or eight, or whatever, uh, they would eat. And that was their life. Mm. And I was also writing <laughs> and observing. Uh, then they occasionally also went downtown, or to da- around town, what I say, downtown, is the summer village where ten minutes of walking and come back. But most of the time, as I return with my uh, ex-wife back, I would see them sleeping. That would touch me. Mm. That I would. Then they also said, "Sir, came approach me. Sir, can we have some electricity? Can we benefit from your water?" And then a sort of a friendship or whatever you call it developed. Then this is my professional side. One day I said, "You know." Uh, I was not famous then. Even if I was famous, they wouldn't be knowing me. I said, "Can we talk?" I'm a a writer, and the guy was very forthcoming. But he didn't tell me this story then. But he told me about his life, which, as usual, I recorded, then um, typed it up, typed and saved it. But it stayed with me. Then maybe. Now 25 years later, it. I, I, you know, I have many projects like this in my mind. Or I think all authors have. But your subconscious, some part of your mind, is preoccupied with it. Mm. For me, it happens many times. You have, I say, 17 projects. Two, two of them, mm. come together mm. and marry. Mm. I don't object. Mm. So the, uh, um, so I decided to write about the authoritarian or the masters relationship with the disciple, mm. uh, also relating this to Oedipus uh, and Rostam, um, and, and for quite a long time I begin to work on this. Mm. My, as I said, my third uh, um, limitation, and as T.S. Eliot said, creativity is best when there are limitations, uh, uh, my third limitation was to make, write a short novel. So my models were, and it's obvious, Hemingway's The Old Man and the Sea, uh, Petit Prince, Exupery, mm. or Turgenev's two books here. Uh, the First Love, uh, that, uh, where the boy discovers that his father, that the girl he is in love with, his father had an affair with, uh, had already an affair with, or fathers and sons. Um, books like that. Short, which has some uh, fast—I wouldn't say thriller, but fast-moving. Mm. So the uh, realism of the interest of the realism holds uh, uh, also embraces the philosophy or comparative literature, whatever you said. Mm. Um, uh, so I decided uh, I, the novel was already forming mm. in my head. Short novel, uh, welding problems of welding. After that, for the realist side, I interviewed many well diggers, but maybe we'll talk later.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, exactly. So we have this, we have this setup. We have those two myths that we talked about. Then we have well digging, but then, I mean, there there are elements that we can recognize from your earlier work that you have a, a violent death that is sort of so it's part of an investigate. I mean, it's an investigative plot also. But we, I sh- we're wondering who who did anyone kill anyone right and then we have a, a love story in there so i mean you you use this frame to put in very different
0: and interesting plot that you combine right okay first violent death is in literature is not my invention no um, uh, i don't agree <laughs> <laughs> and also saying this in scandinavia is also uh, <laughs> where there's a lot of detective fiction and novels based on murder uh, uh, and also love stories also uh, very. So I was aiming to, uh, at a normal literature with philosophical background, uh, a realist story uh, which aims at a higher comparative literature, philosophical, or my subject, a little bit of a shy comparisons of civilizations East-West, but I have to also be very careful, very t- uh, tip uh, walk tenderly because. I'm very much afraid of making essentialist generalizations mm. while fiction works with them. Mm. Then also, my professor's side says, Orhan, don't be, be uh, making rough essentialist generalizations about civilizations, while my side of says that... Fiction works this way, mm. or fiction works with this kind of generalization. Very cautious about mm. these things, and maybe less cautious when I'm doing interviews about the delicate subject, but I'm tempted by the subject too.
1: Right. So uh, you're less delicate now. That's interesting. I'm going to keep mm-hmm. that in my mind. Mm-hmm. Because obviously this, this, this also have a, has a political side, quite obviously. Yes. And you, you point to that You I say, can't, yeah. well,
0: this is also a problem of despotism. And you say that quite, quite. Yes, I wouldn't say despotism. Okay, then I'll go move one, one, one or two steps further, with your permission. Yes, of course. Okay, what happens to us when we read or see these stories on stage, when we watch or read Oedipus Sophocles? The text demands, or modern interpretation of the text demands, we understand pity or feel. Pity or compassion towards Oedipus Rex. What does he do? He kills his father, uh, sleeps with his mother, transgresses, breaks the taboos. Uh, uh, the text, on the other hand, moder- especially modern interpretation of it, Sophocles mm-hmm. will even be Sophocles who wrote 200 plays. Very little of them is around, <laughs> yes. some 10 are found. Uh, would be amazed to see he is, everyone is teaching him in west or he's now that uh, but um, it, because it is us the moderns who elevated him in that to that level and as we elevated him we also interpreted his text mm-hmm. and what we did with we focus our compassion understanding for the uh, killing uh, the fa- the son who kills his father, because that's uh, such a big taboo, mm-hmm. but we are understanding his individuality. Yes. We are honoring, in fact, when we go and clap and uh, f- follow. Uh, uh, so, Rupi uh, is killing his father, blinding himself, uh, very sorry. We understand. It's a tragedy. Mm-hmm. We are happy to, with our compassion, and we, in the end, honor. highlight uh, his individuality we say he is in tragic situation but we are human beings, he is a human being we understand his individuality and and respect Mm. it the reading of it in say late 19th century in west was honouring individuality Mm. while what happens you know uh, the story of Rustam and Sohrab it's a different story, but in the end, uh, let me underline the similarities. Uh, just as Oedipus Rex kills his father without knowing it's his father, Rustam also kills his son without knowing it's his, his, his um, son. In Rustam's story, there's the accompanying um, mother crying, crying, but we identify with that, respect that. Uh, that is it's a, also sort of a tragedy, but mm. Persian text doesn't say I'm a tragedy. They don't know what's it's a tragedy. <laughs> I am saying that uh-huh, because yeah. that's a different yeah. civilization in a way, in many ways. But what what is also that that uh, was a canonical in a geography from what today we call um, Calcutta, um, uh, uh, Eastern India, <laughs> Bangladesh what we today call India, then Pakistan, then Iran, then uh, Afghanistan, then uh, Iran, then northern Iraq, Syria, then Ottoman Empire uh, going to Balkans, once in many ways, especially in mid-15th, 16th, 17th century, is all but one civilization, the, uh, the intellectual power, in, in that was Persia. They looked for Persia for models. If you want to be an important Ottoman you know, um, scribe or intellect, whatever these are, all relative words, you have to know these things. Books were very expensive. No one read these books. They would come in simplified for hearsay, you wouldn't find a penguin edition of Shahname. Mm-hmm. Shahname's in Topka Psa- Palace. Is Copies of it are very expensive things. There will be maybe popular versions of this, but these myths uh, survived by oral stories, mm-hmm. by repetitions, or by poets who were in, writing them in long po- narrative poems again and again, mm-hmm. also adding something from themselves. Right. But these stories stayed, and you can, if you Google, go home and Google, say, um, Rustam and Suhrab, and Google images or videos, you would see, say, Kazakhstan movies about Rustam and mm. Suhrab, or um, that part of geography, or just like... Um, um, Romeo and Juliet Shakespeare's version of it and West Side Story. Yeah. They, they don't tell you that this is an interpretation or adaptation, whatever, yeah. of the old uh, Rustam and Sohrab, but you see a film and you uh, re- yeah. re- uh, re- relive the old yeah. sentiments yeah. again. So they are, in both stories, are canonical. Uh, so I decided... Um, uh, uh, but look at, let's look at what we do when we also read Rustab and Suhram. When uh, I told you uh, that when we read or see on stage Oedipus Rex, we feel compassion towards the son killing his father. In more or less, we feel the same compassion toward father, this time killing his son. And then why does he kill his son? What is the legitimatization? Mm. My book is also uh, yeah. helping you to, towards my interpretation. He kills his son. He is a good man, actually. Mm. But the nation, the mm. tribe, the government, the state, right. unfortunately, needs that he kill his son. Right. Uh, because there is war. Right. There are right. good guys and bad guys. And his son, unfortunately, is on the bad side. And the continuity of the throne, the, um, the continuation of... The state more uh, um, uh, that the preservation of the state is more important than the father's feelings towards his son. That is, the government, the state, can be authoritarian, can be rough, can be cruel, so that we all live happily. Exactly. Yeah. So I attribute this to authoritarianism we see in my part of the world Mm. not everything is that simple as I pointed out Mm. but in a short novel I want to Mm. make this simplification Mm. so in the novel we have two stories, two myths intermingled with a story one is legitimacy of individualism, the other is legitimacy of the uh, state or king or powerful authoritarianism that even kills the beloved son right
1: so, as you put it so beautifully, there's no punishment for the for the for for the one who kills his son, the Eastern yes, uh, ruler who kills his son. There's are, no punishment, and and there is punishment for Oedipus, obviously. Yes, uh, yeah.
0: I agree, uh, but Oedipus' punishment is self-punishment. Absolutely, uh, uh, and. Uh, and in the and, and, and you know uh, in classic uh, Oedipus classical interpretation that I've read this of course from books is that actually Oedipus punished in when in in Sophocles' time, not because mostly he killed his father and uh, um, because uh, um, Oedipus according to. Old Greek interpretation is punished, not because he killed his father, but they tell, this is going to happen to you, this Mm. is your fate, but he is individual. Uh, No, I'll have my own fate. Mm. I'll live against the fate that God gives me and tries to escape it. Mm. it, And that's why, in fact, he kills his father. So the punishment in the early interpretation, genuine interpretation, Mm. is that Oedipus is punished because he does not, in a way, believe the faith that God gives him. He is punished because, in a way, he is not following God's orders, but the faith that the oracle or the astrologer gives him. Uh, uh, But today, he is punished, or he self-punishes. That's how we read it, because he killed his father. So we are busy with that. (laughs) So what what we should
1: do now? We should try to, to, to sort of fit those myths into your story, right? So the guy who tells the Oedipus myth is Shem, who's, who's this uh, aspiring author, uh, has a leftist father that he never sees, and to earn money for, for his uh, tuition for, to go to university, he does a summer of well digging, and then he meets Mahmoud, And they exchange these stories, right? Uh, uh, Shem tells the story of Oedipus, and Mahmoud tells the story of Rostum.
0: And none of them are really happy with with each other's it's Stories quick. in a sense. Yeah. I'm a bit. I may be a bit clumsy in that part of the book, but it's quick. But I'm sure that I will come. Uh, the second part of the book elaborates the stories and comparison more. There I'm leaving hints, preparing the reader. Uh So so I don't harm the fastness of the story in the first part. I have to now confess in a very friendly mood that all my readers in (laughs) Turkey told me, oh, the first part is great, Mr. Pamuk, but we are not happy with the second part as much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh The first part is more focused on well-digging and more realist, second part of the novel is more pensive, intellectual or yes. comparative literature kind of. I'm sorry for that, but that happens in yeah. literature. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not
1: sure, sure if I agree
0: uh, in uh, that, but I, I mean we, we will come back to
1: well-digging, but just to sort of get the the second part of the novel is is sort of the part where these myths uh, live themselves out, where that that exact sort of uh, dynamics and mechanics of the myth. You can't avoid it. It will happen to you anyway. They, they do everything to avoid it, or Shem does, and it still happens. That's sort of... I mean, that would be one way of reading the second that's part of the book. Tragedy. That's, that's tragedy. That's tragedy. Yeah. I and mean, yeah, uh,
0: Or that's also... Hitchcock knew very, knew very well about tragedy. So you know that some mean guy is going to kill with uh, some person that we identify with, me, Grace Kelly may perhaps and then something is bad coming. we even want to shout, stop, stop. Uh, uh, So the role of uh, these stories have that effect in the reading of the book. I was well aware of it when I was writing, thinking of the book. Once I underlined these big stories, and tell the readers uh, carefully that they are canonical, then the reader, of course, is thinking, OK, let's see what Pamuk will do with this. And also they are also <laughs> uh, in a situation of a film, a person watching a film by Hitchcock. Yes. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you fooled me, at least. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, the interesting thing then in the second, second part is that that myth is sort of connected to a certain... Um, Certain way of life that you see in Istanbul, a certain certain category of people that that earn a lot of money at the moment in speculating in property. And and you said before that your first novels was sort of in in the inner part of Istanbul. This is really in the suburbs. This uh, this is industrialization going into the suburbs. People making making lots of money, buying up land and selling it to factories. And that's sort of that's what. I wouldn't say tragedy, but that's sort of where the myth plays out, sort of.
0: Okay, but first we have to say this, uh, that uh, in my early novels, I was in my um, um, little neighborhood of Nishantashu, upper middle middle class, then I moved out, bigger circles, bigger circles. I already wrote in a panoramic and epic way, in a strange in my mind, in my previous novel, uh, um, that the development of Istanbul, or the high-rises, or a city going uh, suddenly uh, booming. Uh, maybe I have to tell this, when I was born into Istanbul, it was a city of a million, now they say it's 17 million. The change, I've been living there 64 years, the change in first 50 years is less than the change I've seen in the last 14 years that I sit in my office and look at the Asian side. There are the first hills, mm-hmm. the, then the uh, outer, far distant hills. There are mushrooming of high-rises and high-rises um, in the last five years. Mm. They are like mushrooms. Mm. So I see this. I mean it. And I wrote about it extensively, exhaustively, perhaps finishing, exhausting the subject in realistic, epic, uh, panoramic way. Mm-hmm. Now, this time, I don't go too much into the details of business, construction, politics of it, many, many details of it. Here, we are more poetic or more uh, fast or Mm. more brief. Mm. Uh, Yes, uh, maybe it's more related in my uh, um, uh, thematic story that it's fathers and sons is important here in construction business. Uh, My main character's father is a leftist Mm. uh, and uh, suffers, goes to jail, maybe tor- tortured, uh, and is an absent father like my father for mm. political reasons. He is not around. My father, mm. for other reasons, would disappear. So there is also a sentiment about yeah. search of a father, why we have a father. These are the inner sentiments that I, uh, for which I carried this book. We need a father. We want a father. We don't want a father. Right. We, want a indivi- right. we want to be individual. We don't want father. Yeah. We are Utipis. Right. We want a father that's necessary. It protects and makes you feel well. Then we are sohrab or whatever. These were the sentiments in me mm. too. They went into making the book. Uh, uh, but the book is not busy. The novel is not busy about detailing the construction business development of high rises cutthroat politics behind it i all did this in estranges in my mind mm. here i'm more busy with psychological uh, sentimental story of some a person whose father suffers because of idealist politics mm. while the son is guilt feels guilty because he cares about making money and is not as Politically motivated or idealist, so right, to speak, right, as right. his father.
1: Right. Yeah, and at this point, he's also made an attempt at finding another father, right? In his master. Yes. That sort of. That's where the sort of father-son, the father-son relationship that we that you describe for us in the book, is also the master-apprentice. That he he looks to his master in well digging. And hopes that he would become his father. It doesn't
0: really work out. I was self-conscious about that. Mm. I wanted the reader also to feel that Jem doesn't have Mm. uh, the presence of his father or what Freud would have called, transfers. Mm. This is a case of transference. Instead of his father, he transfers it at least for one summer to this person. Um, uh, And yes, that is also, it was important for me for the reader to identify with the unfolding of the story. Yeah,
1: yeah, and that's ki- that's part. Of, that's kind of scary, I think, that part because it's that sort of. He he wants so much to love his father, and he 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 wants so much to, his father to be a loving father that he comes to hate him in a certain yes. certain way. It's, sort of, okay, it's a very am ambivalent relationship. Okay. It seems. I am
0: happy going in these sentiments, perhaps because they are. Uh, autobiographical. Right. Uh, and, and that I had a father like Jem's father for other reasons, mm-hmm. who would disappear for times. Mm-hmm. That also uh, having a father uh, like him, and he was also very tolerant, very respectful father. As I sometimes said, I never had a Freudian father. Mm-hmm. My father didn't help. Uh, didn't put a uh, um, um, upper uh, beton. Uh, Consciousness on me. I, um, I, um, I was not suppressed, crushed by a strong father. My father always was more friends to us, and then suddenly he would disappear, uh, which also made, uh, but disappear in, not in tragic ways, just mm-hmm. slightly disappear. Uh, so these, um, and I would look for him. I would be resentful for his disappearance. But I would be also feel that my mother is also only with us, yeah. uh, also that kind of freedom yeah. that also helped me uh, <laughs> um, um, help the, in the development of my individuality when this character, second generation Jem, uh, both is resentful of his father and also wants sometimes uh, for his absence, wants a father and also is happy about not having his father, mm-hmm. or towards the end of the book, a little, a little bit uh, belittling his father for mm-hmm. his uh, he's a loser or what. Uh, 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 these are sentiments uh, that may have come from my inner feelings. Mm-hmm. And, but you write a novel with these. Then True. you uh, ex, uh, uh, project it with uh, uh, other stories, other myths, other realistic stories, or other myths also help.
1: Right. So in a second we're going to talk about why there all there all this uh, talk about fathers and son and the 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 novel is still called after a woman, which is sort of an interesting thing about nice. this. But but I just want to do one more thing with this because there's there's something about the father and son relationship that is similar to the master and apprentice relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean you you have a you've you've. You have have shown an interest in old crafts before, in the craft of miniature painting, uh, which is then very different from the craft of, of well digging. But it's it's still this fascination for a craft, for a, for a dying craft, that is yes. m- now probably died out. And the fact that it's a craft that can be taught, but only from a master to an apprentice. That mean, the only way to teach is to subject to that kind of authoritarian
0: maybe relationship. That's sort of what's going on, isn't it? Yes, all medieval teaching is based on master a uh, master and um, disciple uh, maybe shadows of master and slave relationship uh, um, but crafts continue uh, are um, information about many many things continue uh, because of these relationships mm-hmm. but these are tender relationships okay. uh, not only uh, uh, very author- uh, uh, master Crushing the slave is not only a way of understanding it, but there is also the um, charisma of the Father, mm. lovability of uh, the, the the Father be lovable, and mm. this, uh, so it's a tender, not only uh, uh, based on hard force, but also a tender relationship. Mm. So it was the friendship that the well digger and the. the uh, apprentice has was important for me mm. may, I, may i say something this light is too strong on my left eye i have a problem with my retina can we lower the light a bit a bit so i'm also doing this all the time i feel embarrassed <laughs> can uh, this is a, a strong light um, yeah i would be happy if you are uh, okay uh-huh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. uh yeah right so
1: so um The the master and apprentice relationship also comes with with sort of a literary trajectory, right, that we Mm -hmm. were talking about earlier. And that, I mean, uh, this is a novel of education, the Bildungsroman, the German tradition for this. And I mean, you have had, in many of of your novels, there are people going through a process of education, of formation, not always as explicit in the master-apprentice relationship that has to do with a craft as this one, but still it seems to be, a topic you're interested in, how you develop yourself through certain practices
0: and through certain persons that can teach you? First, all novels uh, take place in time. We have certain, a, a character, 500, 300, 200 pages. We have the same person, but he's a different person. Mm. Um, novels work with time and we have to explain. In fact, that's why we read the novel, why he has changed. But yes, if you have a younger character, then it's also a, a coming of age, whatever you call it, development of weltanschauung mm. accepting the world, whatever you call it. Yes, this is it. But on the other hand, uh, um, this is not a, yeah. a a novel of a young person realizing how life is. No, no. <laughs> uh-huh. it's that text is more focused of on on com- comparison. Uh, uh, absence of father, lack of father, more also uh, the um, the the desire for the father is also consequence of which is the the desire uh, the uh, the legitimization of authority. Mm. In a way, you can read this book as an allegorical. I shouldn't yeah. be telling it this, but uh, the relationship between fathers and sons is also a relationship with. Understanding nation, the community, that the nation's desire to look for authoritarian authoritarianism or nation's desire to be respect individuality. These are what's at stake. But then I don't tell these things in the novel as I tell them in a simplistic way now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you for sharing them, them with us. Um, I just uh, we're gonna we're gonna move on to that also. But I, I I really need to talk to you about wells and well digging because okay, I think yeah. I think it's I think it's so interesting. Yes. Uh, and I mean it, it isn't the first time that we have encountered a well in your novels. I mean obviously you, many of you in the room have read my name is my name is Red Mitnam Nakhad Musin, which starts off with the corpse in a well. Yes. Right? And this corpse starts telling the story. Uh, and th- that's, that's what I mean. I, uh, you told the story about the well digging, but there seems to be more to you and wells than just the digging. Right. Yes.
0: But then uh, <laughs> Joseph his Brothers, uh, about which Thomas Roman wrote four volumes. Fantastic volume. is based on a killing and a well. It's a biblical. Quran is also. There are wells. All. Uh, Religious texts. Then, big literature is about wells. Not they were important as literary things, but water uh, was important. <laughs> not in Scandinavia, by the way, but in <laughs> in countries where there are religions grow. There were also not very visible water in middle East, southern mm-hmm. Middle East, where religions started. There were also very little water, and and the well digger and finding water is important there we don't, uh, they don't have springs of Scandinavia mm. uh, and they have little water and once you find some water you have power, you have yeah. wealth, you have connections you have a future there So, fi- uh, and uh, finding water um, and a well is an important thing mm. add to this, in my childhood uh, um, we had uh, especially in summer houses, definitely wells. Add to it that I grew up in Istanbul, and especially when it, uh, uh, the city grew so fast, especially in the 60s, 70s, 80s, that even the most well-meaning and just municipality or government cannot give water to this mm. kind of uh, also unorganized, illegal development. So uh, well-diggers were important in Istanbul, in a whole Turkey, but when there's especially uh, uh, immigration to town where people, as I wrote in Mm -hmm. uh, Strangeless in My Mind, were building their homes with their... There's no electricity, there's no water, Mm -hmm. you have some shelter, then if someone finds water, at least you have... Now you have a garden, Mm -hmm. right? Then electricity may come. Mm -hmm. But it is very important. Mm -hmm. Uh, So then, with many reasons like that, well diggers also have power and since there is some mystery in the uh, decision about where to dig the well so that you find the water as soon as possible without much cost Mm. and without much danger as this book suggests, then well diggers also assume the powers of a person who has relationships with earthly powers or transcendental something, metaphysics and they'll do a bit charlatanism. But the well uh, before uh, that I had interviews with or conversations with when I was writing this novel, telling them honestly that I'm writing a novel about mm-hmm. well would honestly tell me also it's all charlatanism. <laughs> 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 because they are modern. Because, they, um, uh, 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 because people's desire to find water is so important, mm-hmm. so elemental. You, in fact, the people who invite the person... Who would well dig the well would assume, okay, please find what to wear okay and he says oh no, uh, that's a little <laughs> bit of something okay and uh, uh, but actually there's no such thing even or, or perhaps there is such thing uh, ideology, false beliefs mm. um, fairy tale uh, or su- superstition is mm. perhaps the right word uh, some uh, well diggers abuse it. Some mm. well diggers are modest, but even if you are modest, then the people say, "Wow, he's such a modest uh. Uh, <laughs> priest or something." <laughs> so it's inevitable uh, when water is needed uh, that that you project to this person who suddenly makes you rich or let's forget mm. richness, it brings you growth, mm. vitality, water, mm. so important uh, that he is important. This is one side of. That also makes well uh, related to mm. history of well, uh, wells in literature. Mm. Uh, uh, shamanism, he's talking with the earth. Uh, he's saying actually not anything in Bible or Quran, inventing uh, uh, stories like that. This is one side about mm. Welding. And there is also the realist side, you know, mm. the Indian. The they are construction workers. Yes. Uh, after 1980s, Uh, well digging business went down in Turkey for two reasons because these new machines uh, would go down and they were wheeled, put on trucks, you you would invite the guy instead of digging a well for many, many Mm. weeks, they will uh, dig uh, uh, they had various names for these machines and find the water fast, A and B, uh, in well digging and I have seen many times dynamite was used illegal dynamite was used uh, and also uh, illegally used uh, because you come across, you're digging and uh, you, know, you invest for two weeks and suddenly you have a rock. This is not in my story. And either you, you do not continue because with a rock you cannot continue. You continue 10 centimeters a day while you were yeah. doing a meter a day uh, hoping that it's a small rock. What do you do? There is a rock. Mm-hmm. Then when you realize with your senses, again, a sort of intuition, then the best is to dig a hole, place a dynamite, and warn all the neighbourhoods, I'm going to explore <laughs> the dynamite. Mom, I've seen this. Uh, then you continue fast. But all this dynamite was uh, illegally acquired by construction companies that these well-diggers were also construct- making essentially wooden structures to fill beton. Right. Uh, but uh, also this freely, not semi-freely available dynamite was also used in 1970s by various left-wing and right-wing groups who were killing each other, throwing them to Mm. each other, uh, a sort of a continuation of Cold War in Istanbul or Mm. all Turkey. Uh, Marxist factions and right-wing factions were many, many Maoist, Marxist, this or that, Mm. and also many, many right-wing nationalist factions were killing each other and throwing dynamite at each other. There was a military coup. And uh, and the uh, generals who had did the military coup made access to dynamite very hard. That finished off Uh, 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 a well digging business (laughs) along with these new (laughs) machines, all uh, old um, well diggers told me. Uh, um, Anyway, I'm interested in the story of a, a craft, a business, uh, like miniatures or as many as I told in you know, a strangers in my mind uh, yogurt selling exactly. or production of this ants I'm interested in the on, on and this subject and you're interested by enough
1: to, to put it in the book right? so there's, yes. there's a picture of a windlass I didn't even know the Norwegian word it's a brønnvinne brønnvinne I think uh, I didn't know the word before. And I mean, you're interested enough in the in the craft of digging a well that you actually put the drawing of yes. the machine in. It's I thought ba- that
0: was kind a- It's based on a very technical, very interesting well digger draw, something like that. <laughs> I improved it when it said oh. <laughs> uh, and I said to myself, why don't I put it? You know, uh, uh, <laughs> it's, that it. Is, uh, it will lend a simplicity, yeah. uh, a childhood simplicity, to the book, and I, and also the fact that suddenly the guy said, was telling me, asking, I was asking, many questions. Do you have, do you have pen and paper? And yeah. he read it, yeah. perspective, and he did uh, draw his, and it's like this, he told me. <laughs> so it was, I was impressed. And I, and I developed it and put it in a book uh, in that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: So, but the, the interesting thing is, on the one hand, there's the windlass. On on the on the other hand, there there is this. And this might be interpreting you too much, but there, I mean, there's a whole set of stories that has to do with the underworld. Right? So Mahmood is lying there telling stories about well digging. There are partly stories about the underworld, partly about finding strange things, partly being kidnapped by yes. a giant. So there's there's this, and I, I really like it because there's this different set of stories that enters the book. that are completely different from the other stories, the, the myths and the fratricide and the phillies. Not the the patricides and the Right, and and they seem to be important, and also because. Uh, your your protagonist ends up dead at the bottom of the well. The, the well and the underworld and the heaven and hell, there seems to be something going on with that whole set of meanings, right?
0: Okay, I like, I like combinations of imagery or uh, literary texts, literary fables, tales that come from different sources. There is also an allusion. Not allusion, we mention it. Jules Verne, you know. Mm-hmm. A, I'll forget the title. It's in the book. The travel uh, to the, the, uh, the center of, of the earth. They part. dig mm-hmm. uh, um, an unrealistic story. They start from one end of the world, end up uh, at, in the other end of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, a story that impresses, uh, not very realistic, but impresses all children. All. All. I, in my black book, compared Freud's unconscious with a well, uh, and I really like that. I um, live in Istanbul, where they're digging wells for 2,000 years. Right. B- uh, and there was no uh, municipality giving you water in Byzantium, but there are wells that one of these uh, old uh, uh, um, well... Done. There are also well fixers. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that There is an old, what uh, Turks call blind well. Now, there is no water in it anymore, mm-hmm. but no one goes there because, as you know, we have wells after a while if there's no water, there's gas in it yeah. uh, so it's a, once in a year, now they don't report these things in Turkey anymore but someone goes down to fix the well then he dies because they're not attentive up there, that's the responsibility of the apprentice who is mm. waiting up there mm. so even he's a master he is also in the hands of yeah. the apprentice right. who may behave like, oh I forgot you and the guy may die uh, and so his authority is also a fragile authority. Right. Re- the master should be also friendly and tender to the apprentice, being cruel and oh, um, suppress him. He may have his revenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard stories I, like that. Uh, uh, I wrote in Black Book what you find at the bottom of Bosphorus. More or less, I've, uh, here I wrote also a list of what a contemporary Veldiger he, in fact, Nur Osmaniye, one of the well diggers, is proud to say, you know, municipality always invites me, I am the mm. master. Yeah, uh, now, it's uh, more related to, uh, very few people dig wells, only if there's a factory or the economics of mm. cheap water. Mostly, it's a historical thing. Uh, and first, every mosque has a well, so that for yeah. ablution, you use that water. But then... Uh, even old design theme times, there are 500 year old wells, what, what do people do when there is a well, if you want to sa- uh, hide something, if you kill somebody if there is a res- uh, search if you want to sa- uh, you throw everything into mm. well mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, uh, so the guy told me, maybe exaggerated, I found this in the well, that in the well. They sent me down. There was no gas. He uses modern technology. He's safe. He's an expert. He wouldn't die there. There are five right now modern, almost European precautions. Mm. C- c- uh, mm. He goes down and sees so much skulls, <laughs> old weapons, <laughs> so much uh, uh, old coins. So a well is, in fact, May carry the remains of a civilization, what's left over, uh, leftovers of a time, a period. When you go down there, you are doing a sort of an archaeological digging full of wonders. So I wanted to go in that direction. Uh, When it was, they are digging a well in a barren land outside of Istanbul, which later in the book will be swallowed by. Uh, unstoppably expanding Istanbul. So they find in that part of Istanbul the land is not good for water. It's Mm. sandy. Mm. I know uh, the European side towards west in Istanbul. The land is sandy. Probably there was a big lake. Even one. uh, This early, the very early one that I mentioned Mm. many years early told me uh, uh, that there were probably a lake there because he's come across. Fish st- uh, big fish teeth or whatever <laughs> teeth underneath <laughs> her. They all stayed with me then. Uh, then they, I, yes.
1: So I have no clue how much time we have. So I need to just do the things I really want to talk to you about. And then we can come back to wealth uh, afterwards. If you're not tired of wealth, of course. Uh, so uh, it's, this is a book uh, that has fathers and sons, that have masters and apprentices, but it's named after a woman. So we need to talk about her, right? Yeah, it it sure. doesn't make any sense to talk about everything else because she's, she's the red-headed woman, uh, the one on the cover in the, in the Gabrielle, the, the painting. Uh, she's really the prime mover of everything. Nothing happens without her, right? Would you see that? She,
0: I would say, triggers. And huh. her, uh, and also, the reader a notices that she is, maybe I'm telling some too much about the story, she... Can, Self-consciously has affair, both with the father and the son. Maybe I shouldn't be telling you this, but <laughs> I won't tell the ending. But uh, she is motivating. And then the theme of what Turks call Çadır tiyatrosu, tent theater, a sort of a Bakhtinian, Brechtian theater in which imitations of advertisement, a sort of a primitive popular anti-capitalism, along with obscene jokes and uh, a, a, a sort of a, a interpretation scene, best scenes from classical things, or a potpourri of everything. It uh, was very popular in the 60s, or, uh, like circuses traveling around in Anatolia. I, met, uh, I wrote about it in my novel. I, it's a subject that I like in snow. Uh, in a more, they're, more self, uh, they're more serious here, more popular. We have a, a theater company, And a woman also, he, she is disillusioned, leftist. They have political ambitions, like uh, comparable to Dario Fo, Mm. doing Mm. popular theatre with Marxist or educational uh, impulses, but it goes wrong. Uh, In order to raise money, they uh, they get more sexy or whatever, or more (laughs) vulgar. I like these subjects. So we have a character based on that culture of theater. An aspiring actress and series about a classical theater, or Bertolt Brecht, ends up doing this sort of thing. and But she's a strong character. Um, uh, and uh, the, in the, at the end of the book, we hear her interpretation of the story. Right. And uh, also, uh, uh, she's a strong person. Red-headed comes when... Uh, Uh, we here, when uh, to underline her strength. Mm. The meaning of red-headed person, the the culture's interpretation of red-headed woman is slightly different uh, in Europe and in Turkey. In Europe, she is the red-headed woman, is a more angry, uncontrollable person, Mm. argumentative, picks up fights. This is my understanding. My part of the world... First, red-headed woman by genes, by biology, is less and it's a choice. Most of it is dyed, mm. uh, uh, either in a modern way or traditional way, henna or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, but it is the role is that she may, she may have easy virtue. You can sleep with her even if you don't marry her. Mm. Uh, or she may be an aspiring actress, as in a novel. Uh, uh, that's com- That's common perception, not the educated mm. perception. So if you dye your head self-consciously red, you are actually choosing a character. Mm. And that's at the right. beginning of her monologue. She says, I'm redheaded, but I'm I'm not natural. With natural, it's a God-given destiny. She chooses her redhead saying, perhaps to the whole society, she, she's also leftist, mm. no, in a way, I'm radical or I'm different. I like to start with that mm. in her monologue. Mm. That is also part of the novel. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm.
1: And, and she's also the, the one who, sort of, who says the, the, the words that, that are sort of lingering through the book. Uh, she says it at the end that life follows myth. And she says it not sort of as a tragic insight, but as sort of a, a victory. Sort of, yes, life, isn't that great, people? Life follows myth. It's a tra- tragic myth and a tragic life in the end. But but she's sort of fascinated by the fact
0: because she brought these myths to life in a certain sense. And in also her taught to the sun, taught right? to the committee. But I want to underline something here. That once we say life follows myth, and once we underline, as I do in the novel, the strength of myths, in fact, their foundational... Um, importance in civilization. Maybe they are not important. That's how we perceive them. They were, maybe they, uh, there is something a new, uh, newly developed, idea of classics and canon, and then you have to it. Maybe we elevated them. No matter. They are important, semi important, they have some importance. But I also underline that uh, my treatment of the subject is not. Well, these people, or we all are slaves to myths or tradition, to old stories. Yes, they are around. Myths, Oedipus Rex, or Rustam and Sukhrab And many, many other uh, symbols, um, uh, both from religion. A lot of uh, iconography, or some iconography, pictures, visible representation. They are all in the book, but the book is not an allegory. The book plays with allegories, but the freedom of characters is also there. Mm. Uh, In the end, the reading of this book should not be allegorical. Uh, The allegorical, ideological, mythological, tale-like qualities uh, of the novel all combine to form my intention. Maybe Mm. I couldn't succeed a surface in which the realist story mm-hmm. continues. But the book doesn't you know, suggest here is this myth, here is that myth, uh, here is the allegory. The result is so-and-so killing his father or father killing his son. And uh, This is the result. Uh, this country or um, this country or that country, this land is that, I'm not mm-hmm. saying. At most, I'm saying probably my part of the world needs authoritarian tales because they... Uh, They behave like that. Or European civilization highlighted Sophocles' story because of its individuality. I don't say anything social more than that. While I'll play around these stories, pour them inside the texture of the book, then let the reader decide.
1: Yeah, that is is one thing I I, I like to address still, and that's sort of in, in the myth, both of them, there's this strong, uh, at least in the Oedipus that I n- know best, there's this strong feeling that Oedipus has done something wrong, that, that there's, a, there's a mistake. There's this hamartia, I think it's the, the, the Greek word. Uh, and, and so you, you end up thinking about, uh, how do you pronounce it? Che- not chem, but she- gem, but... Gem. Gem. Mm-hmm. gem, okay, gem. Uh, so you end up, as a reader, asking yourself, so where did he go wrong, right? Is that, so, so you end up sort of asking this question about sort of uh, where, if this is, if he's, he's sort of in a certain sense, reliving a certain myth, where's he, what's, where's, where does he go wrong? Where's his, He'd go, where's
0: his ham- hamartia? Where's his hubris in a sense? Okay, right? good, good point. He goes wrong, obviously, at the <laughs> end of first, chap- first section. Of course. Uh, yeah. uh, but I won't we can't bel- tell you what's there. Uh, but w- uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a very realistic situation, yeah. psychological situation. I would have done that, I think. I, yeah. Yes, I've heard this from my Western <laughs> readers too. Uh, right. uh, um, some of my readers, after he had done that, a crime I won't tell the uh, <laughs> audience, some readers, some Western readers, lost their sympathy for him because for mm. them it was a crime and they cannot identify with a person who commits that crime? Right. My answer to that: Well, the same for Oedipus. We mm. never identify mm. with Oedipus, uh, but I, I'm tempted by your question <laughs> and take it, uh, you know, to the hearts uh, <laughs> yeah. um, in a serious way. Uh, I, I understand you. For me, his crime is not that big crime. Mm. Um, um, uh, in the end, that person that I mean. Now we're you know, telling the story. In the end. Uh, the master is imposed on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't choose that master. And it was uh, this whole well-digging episode was, for him at least, seems to be a little brief period of time that that he suspends everything to make money yeah. and return back to yeah. his normal life or his expectations yeah. uh, that uh, li- life put in. Uh, but maybe you may be right, Maybe you know, our sense of crime and punishment, since uh, uh, sin and its consequences Mm. is different, maybe. Uh, uh, I took his crime lightly, uh, but I have also heard from other readers, not Turkish really, uh, that his crime is not acceptable. By the way, so was Oedipus. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. So,
1: (laughs) there's there's just... um, this, he has this insight gem that if if he would explore the stories, he would understand more about his own life. So he tries to do that, right? He's sort of an
0: art historian yeah. for, uh, or literary yeah. historian. Uh, in his now affluent, well, you know, he is now rich, uh, feels guilty about it, but also enjoys culture. Uh, so he f- uh, follows. Uh, There is the side to that book that the first half is more thriller-like. They're digging a well, they're reaching for a well, there's an intensity of relationship. Then suddenly this happens only in six weeks, I forgot. Then we have 30 years passing, even uh, in the same number of pages, where the character is self-conscious and is also behaving like art historian, trying to understand his motivations about what he did, this unacceptable Or at least the crime that you cannot accept, uh, unacceptable crime, or he also help us to interpret the story. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, the, only, the, the, the problem is that the only story he doesn't really investigate is the story he should have been investigating, which is his own. So, I mean, this, when, when he finally comes back and he starts talking to people living in the area where this thing happened with the well digging, they tell him stories that are about him and that could have helped him
0: okay. solve the riddle of his life. Okay, but this, uh, this the book is uh, clear about. Jem, more than once, tells to himself, of course, as he tells himself, we also read, we are, the readers are aware of that, he is aware that he committed a grave crime, mm. but he tells himself, if you act as if nothing had yeah. happened, yeah. and behave as if nothing had happened, in the end, nothing had happened. Nothing happened. Right. So he uh, repeats this thing that when we commit a crime, and we all remember those tender moments in our memory, when we commit a crime, the first motivation, the first thing we have to behave as if nothing happened. Mm. Uh, uh, Can we sustain this? Yes, if the crime is too far away. uh, uh, And he waits to be punished. uh, Nothing happens. I like Um, I like what I did there, or maybe I was wrong. <laughs> but uh, that uh, that you commit a crime and you every day you wait the police to come and mm. nothing happens. Mm. While many years later, he sees that something happened. Right. Um, but I won't tell the ending. <laughs>
1: so I, we're on the overtime. I just want—I really want to ask you one more question uh-huh. because I mean, there's this. Uh, so Gem uh, sort of tries to figure out his own life by looking at these old stories and and the question is and, and also but he ignores the crime or tries to forget it so this happens in on an individual level but it's really tempting to think that this is a process that also could go on for on the social collective level that yeah, that, that that people need, that states need, that nations need to sort of uh, investigate the stories that have built them and they need to sort of face their, their crimes if they're there. So would you sort of... I, I see it's not an allegory, but would it... Can we think that it could be scaled up and there's a moral that is also a social and political moral to that?
0: It is social and uh, political, not moral. Not moral. But uh, associations with the way nations, peoples uh, behave. Uh, But if you say the ending is a moral, no. Then you accept this is an allegorical, pre-modern tale. It's not. It is Jungian, that is, uh, if... I don't believe in Jungian archetypes, but uh, in order to express what I did in this novel, the tales have, the book is perhaps implying, uh, have Jungian characteristics. Jung, follower of Freud, has some metaphysical thinking which I disagree with. Uh, That is, he more or less seems to say we are born with these classical (coughs) tales. Then we all carry them in some parts of our heads, first we learn them. I disagree. Uh, And also they are not that strong. uh, uh, But in the end there is a point, a Jungian archetypal point in my story. I pick up two Jungian archetypal stories. First, why am I not Jungian here? It's an exaggeration. But I am a writer. I go with the exaggeration here. There are two Jungian archetypal stories. And I compare them, but not only compare them, clash them, intermingle them in various acrobatics Mm. so that the reader enjoy them in a realistic level, also uh, is by, uh, confused by them, and that's the beginning of thinking about them. But on the other hand, I don't assume to be an educator saying to the nation, well, look at this, you're authoritarian, (laughs) there's a crime behind this nation, that nation i 'm not saying this i don 't want to I will say this in an interview, but i won 't try to say this no. in a novel. A novel should be in the end open ended that it should be full to all sorts of interpretations. it should be full in its uh, exhausting of its story. it should be logically com- uh, logically correct in its realistic story, but the way it deals with myths, stories ideologies tales, telling them, retelling them the ambiguity or complexity here is and is intended. uh, That I want to be, uh, uh, even in a short novel like this, uh, be intense uh, or rich as an epic long novel. Uh, This novel is perhaps trying to do this in a short way Mm -hmm. and that is um, um, what makes everything... Open to interpretation because we are not, I am not, the narrative voice is not basing everything with um, a, 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 a galaxy of details. Mm. We lack details if we go fast. Mm. When you have many, many details to base the story, then myths or archetypes are not very visible. Mm. Then you need right. a critic to see them from a distance, while mm. everyone can be a critic of this. A uh, mm. t- uh, story full yeah. of uh, symbols, tales, old tales, um, Oedipus, Sophocles, or Rus- uh, Rustam, and Suhrab. Mm. It's open to the reader. And yeah. also, the characters are also helping the reader to interpret their the story, which in a postmodern way, which they are also fully in.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. I mean, uh, this has been, this is, uh, this is an open-ended conversation, obviously. We could have gone on for, uh, for hours and hours, but uh, it's, it's not an ending, I'm afraid. Uh, and I hope it, it left you with the enjoyment and dizziness, uh, just as the, the novel should. And uh, thank you so much for this thank
0: conversation. Thank you so much for asking these questions. Thank you so much.
1: You've been listening to Lit House, the English language podcast from the House of Literature in Oslo, Litteraturhuset. Music by Apotek.